to say that there was something beautiful that happened, and uh, I actually wasn't the first one who got to enjoy it, but, um, you know, it says, ask and you will receive, and if you recall some weeks back, I asked, Lord God in heaven, please provide me with a shelf in this pulpit, and then John Mills heard the voice of the Lord and built me a shelf. Can I, I want to thank John Mills. You are the man. Thank you, sir. I very much appreciate it. Well, he did it with me. I, if I was going to do it, it would involve more duct tape and uh, hose clamps and barbed wire. No, there are so many things that John does in this house. If it looks good and it was done with the touch of a craftsman, most likely John had something to do with it. We have such a beautiful heritage in this house, don't we? It's just wonderful. If you're a guest with us for the first time, I just want to welcome you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we're always excited to worship with other followers of Christ or maybe those who are just coming to see what is this gospel about? What is this kingdom about? If you're here for the first time, we would love it if you would take this little insert inside of your bulletin and fill that out. Um, we would just love to uh, get an opportunity. To, I'm going to be, uh, Jason and I will be back at the welcome table after the service today. We'd love to shake your hand and uh, you can just drop this little card into the little basket back there and then we have a gift for you. We'd like to give you a, a book that I'm excited about as well as a, a free coffee. So We're all about giving away free coffee here. Have you guys noticed this? We're a coffee culture. We're unashamedly a coffee culture. I don't know if I told you guys this story. I promise I'll preach at some point. But um, <laughs> at one point, uh, as the Lord was delivering me, I had several addictions. And, and, uh, and in my marriage, I, 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 God had set me free from, from them. And I, and I came up to my wife and and I was like, babe, you know what? I am so excited. For the first time in my life, I am not addicted to anything. And she goes, really, what's that in your hand? And I go, I'm not addicted to coffee. And then I was like, <laughs> kind of a, perhaps I doth protest too much. So anyway, I am proudly addicted to coffee. I'm just excited to have it narrowed down to coffee. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you so much for your word. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for Jesus. You are such a beautiful God. You are everything that you say that you are. You are so faithful. And you have shown yourself to be faithful, Lord. Even when we're faithless, you're faithful. Even when we don't come through, you come through. You are God with us. You are Emmanuel. Thank you. Holy Spirit, I just release your presence right now. You're dwelling in us, and right now we say, Lord, let your manifest presence be palpable in this place. Let the presence of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit reside in us, and may it extend the glory of your heart right now. Thank you that you're with us. Lord, I pray that you would anoint this word so that as we hear it, it would go deep and it would bear fruit as it always does. We prepare our hearts now, Lord, to receive from you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I have a ton of stuff to cover. How many of you are enjoying reading through the New Testament? Come on. Isn't it awesome? Turns out it is great news. It's amazingly good news. And, um, and for me... Uh, this is the first time in a very long time that I have read through the whole New Testament. 
Normally what I do is I pick something and then I kind of stick with that for a long time. I might be in Galatians for months and just keep reading it over and over again or I'll go into Romans or something where I'll be bouncing around. But this has been such a joy to go through and read the story and actually discover the story for its own sake. Have you guys been enjoying that? Like just seeing the big picture. It's, you know, it's, it's just refreshing. It's been very refreshing. For those of you that don't know this, we're reading through the New Testament together. Somebody's mocking me, I know. I'm losing my voice a little bit. Thank you for that. Uh, earlier, I gobbled like a turkey. So I tried to go, woo and instead I got, so. <clears throat> Luckily, I have beloved brothers that pointed that out for me. So there'll be more of that to come. At any rate, I've just been enjoying going through, we're reading through the New Testament together. If you have been reading through the New Testament and you got like kind of behind on your reading schedule, I want you to just, I want you to just say to your heart, grace, and then I want you to just start on the day that we're on. We're on day 50. Go to day 50 on the reading. Just start there. Um, it's, uh, it's just been an incredible time. I, know, I don't know if there's any legalists in the house. You don't have to raise your hand. You probably feel like you should because you're a legalist, but you don't have to. And... Um, and I want you to just know there's grace. You can just start reading from right where we are. But it'll be very fruitful because we're preaching along that schedule. I missed you guys. I went on a road trip. I uh, flew out on uh, Monday morning and I went, got to drive back with uh, Todd and Nikki. And so we drove from Texas to Oregon. In, uh, we left at 4.30 p.m. on Monday and then we got here uh, Friday night at 5. This is a big country we live in. I, uh, I am no longer concerned about overpopulation in the United States. There is a lot of space. I don't know if it's prime real estate, but there's a lot of it. What do you say we get into the word? Luke 24, 13. Now, this, I'm going backwards a little bit, but this is important. So I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to read through this, and I'm going to pull some things together. So buckle up, because here we go. Are you ready? All right. Now, behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village. Jesus just died, so I'm backing up a little bit here, okay? No one's seen him yet, so... Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And so it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they didn't know it was him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk, and that you're sad? And then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? To me, this is very like high school. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things? And he said to them, what things? And so they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today's the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early, they astonished us when they didn't find his body. And they came saying they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and they found it just as the women had said, but him they didn't see. And then, they said, then he said to them, Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus just gave them the testimony of himself. I want you to say testimony. Okay, so he said, he, he starts in Moses, he starts in the law, and he, and he expounds to them, and he goes, Hey, guys. All this stuff, all these, all these things in the prophets, all these things in the law, they're all talking about me. Okay, so, he, so he, you're, you're with me? 
Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread and blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. It's amazing to me because Jesus gives the testimony about who he is. He plants the seed. He goes, hey guys, wasn't it good that the, that, the, that, that the son of man should have to go all through these things? And so he preached the testimony to them. He taught them. He explained it to them. And they're like, oh, okay. And then he sits down with them. Now you've got to realize Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hasn't come yet. Jesus has the Holy Spirit in him. He's the only one containing the Holy Spirit. He breaks the bread, and in that moment, revelation hits them. The seed that he planted, poof, bursts in there like bread, bread of life. Jesus, it's Jesus! And then poof, he's gone. They're like, ah. They said to one another, ah. Oh, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? And so they rose up that very hour and they returned to Jerusalem. They found the 11 together saying, the Lord's risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Now I think this is awesome. I want you to catch this. Jesus didn't appear to the other 11 apostles. This is just regular folk. This is us. Not the superstars, the people. I just feel like that's pertinent. I feel like that's worth, that's a say law right there. Like, wait a minute. You didn't appear to the superstars. You didn't appear to the guy up in the pulpit first. You, you appeared to the regular peeps. I'm a, I'm a regular peep. I want, just want you to think about this. All right. So they go, to the, they go to the superstars and they say, The Lord's risen indeed and he's appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you, which I think is awesome, right? Poof. And then I think he said, peace to you. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, you know, anyway, I'm gonna, I have a lot to cover. I can't, okay. But they were terrified and frightened, and they supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And I think he was smiling. Why are you troubled? <laughs> and why do your doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And they didn't believe him. You can see that. So he goes. So then he, when he said this, he showed him his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy, which I think is interesting. I've never been so happy that I didn't believe yet. That's something new. I think we should point towards that. Like, man, I just get so happy. I have a hard time even believing how good this is. I'm going to keep going. He says, do you have any food? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and he ate it in their presence. They're like ghosts. I read somewhere ghosts can't eat. This is Jesus. And then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So here we have again, Jesus gives the testimony, say testimony, of himself to the disciples. He's already been giving them this testimony the whole time, but they're just like, I don't get it. Now Jesus is back and he's giving the testimony of himself and the Holy Spirit is in Jesus and suddenly because of the Holy Spirit... He opens up their understanding. They go, ah, the seed that he planted bursts to life. And they go, oh, this all talked about you. You're the Christ. These things had to happen. They all of a sudden understood he had to die. And then they began to understand the bread of life was going to be for everyone. But all this happened after he had given the testimony. Then the Holy Spirit came, backed up the word. They got revelation. You with me so far? Okay, because I haven't even started preaching yet. 
Then he said to them, thus is it written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So Jesus came and gave the testimony of who he is, and then they understood as the Holy Spirit brought revelation. Now, he goes on and says, and you're witnesses of these things. So now he's, he's given them, he's given them the testimony of who he is, and then he turns to them and says, now you will become witnesses. Carlton did a phenomenal job last week talking about an eyewitness account, right? Come on, that was beautiful. You cannot dispute eyewitness accounts. And he, Jesus had 500 eyewitness accounts of people who had seen him, had been with him, had eaten, etc., had learned from him after he was raised from the dead. So he says to them, you're going to be witnesses. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Okay, so now we're going to take off here from Acts 2, verse 1. Now when the day... Well, wait, 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 wait. Sure I didn't miss anything. Yep. Okay, so you're with me so far. Jesus shares the testimony. The Holy Spirit brings it into Revelation. Suddenly they understand. He plants the seed of the testimony, and then suddenly as the Holy Spirit comes up behind it, they begin to understand. Is this making sense? All right, so then Acts. Now when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together, and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Would you say that in his own language? This is amazing. The first thing that the Holy Spirit brought was revelation where people could hear about God in their own language. This is a huge deal. I want to come back. It's a huge deal that I don't have time to preach on, but I just want to say this. When you're following the unction of the Holy Spirit and whoever you're speaking to, the Holy Spirit gives you revelation to be able to present the testimony of Jesus Christ in a language that people can understand. Isn't that beautiful? Just, just kind of bank that one because we'll get back to it. And then they were all amazed and they marveled, saying to one another, verse 7, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and uh, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and <laughs> Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And so they were all amazed and perplexed, and they were saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said, they're just all full of new wine. Now, here's, this is beautiful. The Holy Spirit now has come upon the 120 that were waiting for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And now, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, the first thing that happens is the Holy Spirit comes and gives them the ability to be witnesses, say witnesses, 
okay? And they're giving a testimony of what Jesus has done. And Peter, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, so they're hearing the glorious and marvelous works of God in a language they can understand. And as they come rushing in, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. This is Peter. This is, I denied that, Je- that I'm even with Jesus, Peter. This is, you shouldn't die, Peter. This is a lot like Joshua Rivas, Peter. And now he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he gets up, and what does he do under the unction of the Holy Spirit? He now has the boldness and the glory and the wisdom of God to be able to speak in a language that these guys understand and say, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and I want you to heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. What happened when Jesus died? The whole the whole land went dark, it says. What happened? He says, and it said, he goes, and the moon into blood. Who is the moon? Who's the reflection of the sun? Jesus. And he turned to blood before the coming of the great and the awesome day of our Lord. And it will come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know him, being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God you have taken by lawless hands and crucified and put to death, whom God raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible he should be held by it. For David said concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. And therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of our patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on the throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption." This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. He's saying, all that stuff you just heard about, that's what's happening right now. This is the Holy Spirit poured out. The sun has been blacked out. The moon has turned to blood. Jesus has been raised again, and now the Holy Spirit is being poured on all flesh. Joel is being fulfilled right now. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Peter, filled with the unction of the Holy Spirit, gives the testimony of who Jesus Christ is. He gives witness of who Jesus is. And the Holy Spirit, it says after, you know, he says, when they heard this, say heard this. See, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Why were they cut to the heart? These are the same people that were there when Jesus got crucified. 
They were there going, crucify him. They thought they were doing the right thing, but now suddenly the Holy Spirit comes, shows up, and as Peter lays out this sermon in in a language that they can understand, the Spirit comes in, brings revelation to that testimony, brings life to that seed. He's planting the seed in their heart, and immediately the Holy Spirit hits it, and they're cut to their heart, and suddenly they understand, and they go, they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified, say testified, and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received this word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. First megachurch. Yeah, you heard me. Megachurch. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers, and then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And now all who believed were together, and they had all things in common, And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among them all as anyone had need. And so continually, daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from the house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I noticed that they also met in life groups. So they met in the the synagogue there in the temple, 3,000 of them. But then they also broke up and they met in their homes. Kind of beautiful, isn't it? I think we're on the right track, guys. All right, so Peter gives the testimony of who Jesus is and what he did. And then the, the Holy Spirit gives ability to those that are hearing the testimony to be able to understand and repent. It brings fruit, right? So we're seeing that, that as they're coming into the kingdom, there's a couple things that we see. The testimony and the Holy Spirit working with the testimony. You guys with me? All right, now I want to go to Acts 6.1. Now in those days, this is what happened next. When the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and they said, hey, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. This is the apostles. They're saying, hey, look, you know what? We're we're busy doing what we're doing. It's not probably a good idea for us to stop and start becoming waiters. Um, And so, therefore, brethren, seek out from among, verse 3, You seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So there's trouble going on, and so they say, hey, go get a bunch of Holy Spirit-filled waiters to take care of this. I just, you remember earlier, who did Jesus appear to? He appeared to the regular peeps, not the superstars, not the guys with titles on their names, us. And then they were having a problem with some distribution issues, and so then they said, hey, we need to work this out. And the apostles, filled with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, said, you know what would be a good idea? Let's get some people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, good men, and let's have them be waiters. Some of you need to be getting saved on that one, because that's a good word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Decaner, Timon, Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. And then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. This is so good. They appointed waiters, laid hands on them, and as they went to work, the, it says right here, 
the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. You know what happens when we show up and we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us in our area of influence? The word of God spreads and disciples are added to us. Isn't this good? It's going to get even better. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. And then there arose from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from uh, Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. This guy was a great waiter. And then they secretly induced men to say, we've heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, seized him, and brought him to the council. And they also set up false witnesses who said, this man doesn't cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. We've heard him say that the Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council, looking steadfastly at him, saw his face as the face of an angel. How many of you know you have the face of an angel right now? How many of you know that when you go into your place where God has put you, you are filled with the Spirit of God extending the kingdom? How many of you know that you're carrying solutions that nobody else has an answer for in your place of influence? I know of a young man who goes to this church, and he had an idea for the company that he works for, and he brought it to the, to the people, and he said, hey, listen, this is a better way that we should stage our workload, because it'll, be, it'll, it'll, it'll just make things better. And they were like, oh, well, thank you very much. And they pat him on the head and they sent him back to his cubicle. And then they hired a consultant who came in and for several thousand dollars said, hey, you know, I have an idea for you. You should do exactly what that kid said. Now, unfortunately for them, they probably should have listened to him and would have saved him some money. But isn't that cool? He was carrying the kingdom solution. Y'all are carrying kingdom solutions for very practical things where you are. And you're also carrying the most important kingdom solution, the testimony of Jesus Christ. Then the high priest said, are these things so? And he said, brethren and fathers, listen. Stephen then preaches the entire law and the prophets in less than one chapter. He is a way better preacher than me. And the guy's only a waiter. I just sort of undercut my whole point there. What I meant was, as a waiter. All right, I'm not even going to try to back out of this. So he then gives what? The testimony of who Jesus Christ is. He gives the testimony of who Jesus Christ is. And he lays it out now for these people that are accusing him. And I'm going to start at verse eight, or 48. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things? And then he's speaking now. Now, I want to give you some context here because he's about to bring the heat under the unction of the Holy Spirit. These people that hate him, they're jealous because he's doing these signs and wonders, are rejecting the signs and wonders. And these are a people, this is a culture of people who know that when you're doing signs and wonders, then it means that you're from God. This is the context they're coming from. But they're rejecting that Jesus is the Christ. They refuse it. They're seeing, they're seeing people get healed. They're seeing marvelous things happen. They're seeing blind eyes see. And they're like, well, that's all cute and good and whatever, but Jesus isn't the Christ and I ain't having it. And so this is who he's talking to. He says, look, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. 
Now, this is interesting because these guys were cut to the heart by this testimony of who Jesus Christ was. But these guys decided, we're still not having it. I may be cut to the heart, but I refuse to repent. And so it says this, they gnashed their And they gnashed at him with their teeth, but he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And then they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears and they ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and they stoned him and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. Who does this remind you of? Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus came as a testimony of who he is in the word. And then what did he do? He prayed for the people as they're destroying him. They're crucifying him. And Jesus says, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Why? Because Jesus came to save us. And he wasn't going to be there on the cross going, okay, well, you know what? I came to do all this, and now that I'm finally paying the price, you know what? Forget these guys, though. Don't forgive them. That was the whole point. He's like, Lord, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing right now. So Stephen is doing the same thing. He's given the testimony. What did Jesus do? He came and gave the testimony. Under the unction of the Holy Spirit, he expounds to the disciples and says, this is who I am. And the seed comes forth, and he prays. Remember, Jesus prayed on the cross. He said, Lord, forgive them. He's praying for them. And what happens? Jesus prayed before he left, John 17. He says, Lord, I want them to know me as you know me and be one with me. Are you guys following? It's a ton of information. I'm hoping we're still tracking. Everybody take a breath. Shake your head a little bit. Let's jump back in. They stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord, Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Stephen had just given the testimony of Jesus to all of these that are here. Clearly, they're not ready to receive the word that has just been sown in their hearts. However, just as Jesus, upon his death, had prayed for us, he prayed for them. Now, I want to show you something here about the kingdom. And I've been saying it over and over and over again, but I want to crystallize it in your mind. The kingdom expands through the testimony and prayer. The testimony and prayer. And I want to show you this. You ready? Revelation 19.10 says this. And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See, you don't do that. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we give the testimony of Jesus to others, what we're doing is we're planting seeds into the hearts of people about the kingdom of heaven. As we do it, it's prophetic in nature. I'm speaking to you about things that you don't understand yet. It's not my job necessarily to make you understand. Because the Holy Spirit then comes and begins to make you understand. And when we see this, what's going on here, I want to show you a type of thing that's happening here. But he's releasing a prophetic word. He's releasing the prophetic word. He just said, this is who Christ is. This is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And the word goes out and it lands on the hearts of everyone that's there. Are you guys with me? How many times did Jesus preach on sowing seed? A lot. He lived in an agricultural time, so everybody understood agriculture. The difference between the agriculture of Jesus' day, though, and our day is that we plow the fields and then plant seed. In Jesus' day, they plant seed and then plowed. 
So you would throw the seed out, and then you'd go out and plow up the field where the seed was. It's a big difference. Now, the reason why this is important is because there's a context here that Jesus was saying was he was going, hey, look, the, the, um, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed seed, right? And some, some of it fell in some places, and some fell in other places. And we're kind of thinking like, well, why didn't somebody prepare the field? Because the field preparation comes afterwards. This is important because I want you to catch this concept. When you plant seed, regardless of anybody's heart, you're releasing something prophetic. You're releasing a target for the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter all the time if people fully understand what's happening yet because until the Holy Spirit comes, their eyes cannot be, un- they cannot be, they can't get revelation. So let me show you how this is working. So just, I just want you to catch this. The testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of prophecy. When we give the testimony of Jesus Christ, it is prophetic in nature. When we plant seed, the Holy Spirit is the plow that then comes after the seed and begins to plant it in the heart. Did you get that? See, it's our job to give the testimony. It's the Holy Spirit's job to prepare the heart. We get it backwards. We're like, you know what? You are messed up. Let me just give you a list of all the things of how bad your life is. And they're like, I don't really feel like my life's that bad right now, actually. Everything's kind of working for me. What are you going to do for that person? Just plant the testimony of Jesus Christ. They don't... (laughs) The kingdom is so good, your life doesn't have to be horrible in order to want to get into it. It's actually better than the best life that you can live without him. I'm going to move on. Here's the next thing. 1 Corinthians 3, 7. We're going to need this, and I'm going to pull this all together. You guys holding it all together with me so far? Okay. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. My point here with this scripture is simply this. He who plants and he who waters are both on the same team, but it's God who gives the increase. It's the Holy Spirit that brings life to that seed. That, that's the point. And then this is the final one here. And then we can get back to the story. Romans 10, 14 says, How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what is the word of God that we bring? It's the testimony of Jesus Christ. And what is the testimony of Jesus Christ? The spirit of prophecy. Are you guys with me? All right, so. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. All right, this young man named Saul. Now Saul was consenting to his death, and at that time a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. That means mourning. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women and committing them to prison. So Saul is standing there watching Stephen being stoned. They didn't lay their, their coats at his feet because he was some like towel for coat holding when stoning people. No, he put the hit out on Stephen. He was, part of the, he was part of the elite. He hated the church. He was zealous to see these people of the way get destroyed. 
And as he was there, he heard the testimony of Jesus Christ get released from Stephen. And so Stephen preaches the word. He releases the prophetic word of the kingdom of heaven and who Jesus Christ is. And then, and then, and let me tell you what, he was preaching it on some hard hearts. They were in the midst of stoning him. Okay, so it, the outreach wasn't going very well. But he preaches it anyway. And then, as he's watering it with his blood, he prays over the word, testimony and prayer. And he says, Father, don't count this sin against them. And Paul is standing by the coats, approving of his death. And the seed goes into his heart. And the prayer of Stephen is released on his behalf. He doesn't even know this yet. And on the behalf of those that are there stoning him, he says, do not, Father, do not count this sin against them. And then watch what happens. And then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, to the, uh, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, and then he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. He trembling, so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. And then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand, and they brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And so the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. I think, I think that part's funny. Like Jesus, like, like Ananias didn't know who Saul was. I want you to go look for this man. He's Saul of Tarsus. Like, okay. <laughs> and in a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias, coming and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And then Ananias answered, Lord, uh, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief of priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how, much, how, mu how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And, Anani and Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Now isn't this amazing Stephen gave the testimony to Saul and then prayed. And then Jesus came and appears to Saul. And then Saul realizes how blind he is, and so then God sends him, or sends Ananias. And Ananias comes and gives the testimony again of Jesus. And then he lays hands on him and prays for him. And what happens? Revelation comes yet again, and his eyes are healed. Something like scales fell off of his eyes. 
When he had received food, he was strengthened, and then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. And then all who heard were amazed, and they said, Is this this not he who destroyed those who called on his name in Jerusalem, and has come here for that purpose, so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength, and confounded the Jews who dwell in Damascus, proving that this is Jesus, the Christ. Now, Paul goes on to become the apostle to the Gentiles. He brings, he, he brings more, he wrote more of the books of the New Testament than anyone else. He came into the kingdom because of Stephen. A waiter filled with the Spirit of God gave a testimony of Jesus Christ and prayed. And God answered that prayer. The thing that I want us to catch is this. We are called to that same commission. As we continue to read through the word together, as we continue to see this picture of what Christ has done and who he is, I want us to catch this. It's not our job to try to convince people into the kingdom of heaven. It's our job to share the testimony of who Christ is. Because it's prophetic in nature. What it does is it paints a target for the Holy Spirit of God to come in and begin to till up the soil of your heart. You can tell someone, Jesus loves you. They're like, that is, what is, that is the stupidest thing? Like, what are you, what is wrong with you people? But then they wake up in the middle of the night and he goes, he's like, I actually do love you. They're like, what? (laughs) I do love you. I'm talking to myself. And it may take days. It may take weeks. For some people who are stubborn enough, it might take years. But if you plant the seed, the Holy Spirit will go after. He will go after. And he will begin to till and to stir. Because when we're speaking the testimony of Jesus Christ, it's not just words. It's the seed of heaven. Are you catching that? That's why it's not weird when you come to someone and you give them a word of knowledge or, or, or you give them some information. It, it's, it's why it's okay for you to bring out the gold about somebody who you, who's in the middle of a whole lot of terrible things, but you can come in and say, do you know that you are beautiful? Did you know that you have this incredible wisdom and ability to strategize in any situation? Did you know that? That's amazing about you. You are, you are probably, you have a wisdom about you that is uncanny. And they're like, wow, people have always told me that. Now you happen to know that this person is using that wisdom for everything evil. Maybe they're a thug right now. But let me tell you something. God is not repenting for the gifts that he gives because God has a dream for each person. And when I speak about them, about the testimony of Jesus Christ, the testimony of Jesus Christ has them in it. Every one of us was created in God's image and his desire is that we would choose him and he doesn't take away the gifts when we don't choose him. And every one of us, we are are his sons and daughters. He desires that we would be a part of the story, that we would be bringing those gifts to bring more of his glory on this earth. So when we give the testimony of Jesus Christ and we include them in it, we say, listen, these are the gifts, these are the dreams that God has about you. It's not weird, it's not like bait. It's you saying you fit into the story. Are you guys with me? 
That's why it's so vital because they go, man, that thing is really true about me. You say, and here's the deal. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who will choose him. God didn't come to judge you. He came to save you. He loves you. The Father adores you. There's no reason for you to be separate. His name is God with you, and he wants to be God with you today. And maybe they say, how must I be saved? Or maybe they say, don't ever talk to me about this again. It doesn't matter. You did your job. You were a great waiter today. And then you just simply say, Father, get him. Get him like you got me. Doesn't that make it fun? And even if we're honored enough to get to pay for that person's salvation, even with our own blood, if we receive the honor of being martyred, we rejoice because heaven is opened up to us and we see Jesus sitting on the right hand of God and our face shines and we say, Lord, I commit my spirit to you. I've run a good race. And by the way, forgive this person because they don't know what they're doing. Aren't we part of an amazing kingdom? The testimony of Jesus Christ is the prophetic word that goes into people's lives. And the Holy Spirit comes and brings revelation and fruit to those seeds that you're planting. And so our job is simply to give the testimony of who Christ is. It's not just our testimony. We're in the story, but the story's not about us. It's the testimony of who Christ is. It will always bear fruit. And then when we pray, this is just one example of what happens when a waiter shares the testimony. Think about Paul. Come on. Some of you are going to get to share your testimony with some Paul caliber people while you're on this earth. Isn't that great news? I want to encourage everyone today to continue to pick up your Bible and to read it each day. And just enjoy this journey. It's not about condemnation. Like I said, Pick it up today and start. Tomorrow is day 51. Start on 51. It says it on the card. There's cards on the information table for how we're reading together. If you're not part of a, of a, a small group at this point, um, we'll have more groups that are starting up later. Or if you want to join one for this season, we're going to go through until December. And uh, there's lots of groups that you can get, in, that you can get a hold of. Um, and you can, I'm going to be at this uh, welcome table at the back here. I'd love to talk with you. If you're not in a group, I'd love to recommend one for you. Um, you can just sign up on these little cards. For those of you that are here for the first time, I'd love it if you'd come by and I'd, I'd love to meet you. I want us to just pray before we leave today that these many words that I've spoken would be condensed down so that everyone today leaves with hope and joy and confidence in the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is residing in you. Does that sound good? All right. Just put your hand on your heart. Father, these are your sons and daughters. These are powerful men and women. Anoint them to release heaven everywhere they go. Fresh fire. Fresh joy. Fresh hope. Fresh peace. Healing, forgiveness, 
a new day. This is the day you've made. Lord, we pray for all of those that we have spoken to about you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would come, that your Holy Spirit would till the ground, Lord. Let the plow come now. Till the ground where the seed is, Lord. Let the word go deep. Thank you that these are not mere words, but prophetic destiny released into people as we share about you. So I ask even now, Lord, as everyone has their hand on their heart, Lord, you're the one that resides in us. So through them right now, release more of yourself, more of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to have the prayer servant team come if anyone needs healing in your body. Um, oh, you know, there is one thing as we're, dis- as we're dismissing, and I just want to say this. Will you just agree with me for this? Prayer servant team, come on, and come on up. A lot of people have been sick for like six weeks, and I just want us to agree for that to be done. That's enough of the flu, enough of the colds, you know, and so we can ask. And so let's do that, shall we? All right, Father in heaven, we just come before you right now in regards to all these flus and colds and pneumonia and bronchitis and all other kind of virus stuff. And we just call for your health to be released over all of our families, all of our loved ones. God, we just praise you that you're with us. You said we could ask and you would give us what we're asking for. So we're asking for health, for life and life abundantly, specifically in this area, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You guys have a great week. Please take a card and invite somebody to come to church. There's free coffee cards out on the table. Put it into people's hands. Drop them at restaurants. Leave them on the bus.